<laughs> leaky language is the language that we use that gives away our power, that mm. leaks away our power. And it's things like just, could I just? Right? Things like, could I possibly? Things like, it's probably not a great idea, but. Yeah, that, that, yes, let's slow this part down. Yeah, right. Like, what would inspire someone? Let's get into the psychology of this. What would inspire someone? See that there it is right here. It's like, it may not be a good idea, but there's a second mm. right there, mm -hmm. right? Like it says, but no, let's, let's sorry is another big one. Sorry um, to suggest yeah, 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 this. Yeah, yeah. So let's get to that. Sorry one. to interrupt. Definitely, I definitely want to talk about this, the whole sorry thing. But mm -hmm. um, like, what would inspire someone, even if it seems obvious here in the context of this conversation, to preface an idea or comment with that leak, with that power leak preface sentence? That they're caretaking the other person and wanting to dilute it so it doesn't show up as too much of a challenge. Most of us never learned how to train our brains, which is why most of us needlessly settle, struggle, and worse, suffer. My name is Chris Doris, and I want to make brain training mainstream. This is my series, Tough Talks, Conversations on Mental Toughness. I'm interviewing badasses from all walks of life on what mental toughness means to them and their unique approaches to strengthening their minds. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Tough Talks, Conversations on Mental Toughness. I am your host, Chris Doris. And before I get to introducing our guest today to you, um, I wanted to remind you that if you're not receiving my daily dose Mental Toughness Tips in 30 Seconds or Less. This is the book of it. But if you're not getting those messages in your inbox at 6 a.m., wherever you are in the world, and if you're and or if you're not getting notifications of uh, my new blog posts, which come out every Tuesday, and, of course, if you're not getting notifications of when these new Tough Talks podcast episodes are going live uh, via email, then let's fix that. And you can do all that in one uh, click here. Go to ChristopherDoris.com backslash lists, L-I-S-T-S, and there you go. Enter your name, email, and click, and problem solved. So uh, also, uh, you know, if you're digging these podcasts, something that would be really helpful uh, for us would be to, you know, share it. Share it with those who you think would also enjoy it. Click like or wherever you're seeing it. Maybe do a, uh, a review or a rating. Uh, or whatever the hell else you can do with these things, <laughs> because you know my, the mission is simple for me. I want to reach as many people as I can. You know, I want to serve as many people as I can, and that stuff's really helpful. So thanks for that. Now, our guest today, her name is Helen Appleby, and Helen is a uh, New Jersey, New York City-based executive coach with a strong track record of leadership and commercial success. Prior to becoming a full-time coach, Helen was a VP and global business leader for GlaxoSmithKline, where she led the $1 billion respiratory health business in consumer healthcare. Her career at GSK, GlaxoSmithKline, and Unilever spanned six countries, and she lived and worked in Canada, the UK, Cyprus, Dubai, Malaysia, and the United States. When she was a little girl, her dad taught her that girls can do anything boys can do, and she believed him, but he didn't tell her that at work, she would often be the only woman in the room, that she would struggle. She would struggle to be seen and heard and not interrupted in meetings. He didn't tell her 
that she'd find conflict at work difficult because it uh, because she took it so personally and uh, would cry silently in the bathroom uh, that she wouldn't know how to ask for the mentorship that she needed from the senior mostly men around her or that once she had children she would always feel like she left work too early and got home too late even though she lived close to work she thinks he didn't tell me any of that because he didn't know because he was a man so through her career she went all the, she went on all the courses that two big companies uh center on those courses taught her a lot but they didn't teach her what she really needed to know to navigate her leadership journey as a woman she eventually figured out how to na navigate effectively and how to do both her job and her other job at home but it took her years too long which is why now she teaches and coaches the unwritten rules of women's leadership. It's what she wishes she had known earlier in her career, and she wants it to be different for you and for all of your daughters. Personally, she's a mother, terrible cook, an average yogi, and a fabulous shopper. Professionally, she's a global business leader turned executive coach, a women's leadership trainer, and a podcaster. Professionally, she has run a billion-dollar business, lived and worked in six countries, helped hundreds of women navigate their version of success at work. And right now, she's focused on sharing her book, which we will get to. I've got a lot to say about this amazing book. The book, of course, entitled The Unwritten Rules of Women's Leadership. Step into your power, write your own rules, and succeed in your career. Uh, and sharing her course to help other women succeed We'll talk about her course that you can sign up for right now and building a sisterhood of successful women who will help other women rise. All right, let's go find her. She's here waiting for us. Where are you, Helen? Ah, and there she is, Helen Appleby. Hey, What's up, my friend? <laughs> Hello, my love. <laughs> so great to see you. I've been really looking forward to this. Me uh, too. Yeah, well, Absolutely. you know, um, I got to tell you, the last... A uh, couple days have been an incredible research experience for me. And I want to just say thank you. And I mean this absolutely sincerely. And let me create a context for you on it. You know our mutual dear friend, Devin Bandison, who is also a former Tough Talks guest and who will actually be here in this office in three days for another interview. Mm. Um, he facilitated... Recently, this, this past year, a series of conversations on, um, on racism, mm -hmm. and becoming conscious of that. Uh, it was entitled uh, Co-Creating the Bridge, like bridging the gap mm -hmm. between races, right? And um, as a privileged white man, I learned a whole lot about myself. And it was very, very humbling. Like, it was really humbling to the point where I, I wept because I learned so much about myself that I didn't like, like stuff I stuff that I had learned, like learned racism. Well, I had a similar experience the last couple of days because of you. <laughs> and I learned, and I was actually talking. I had a, I had a workout this morning with my trainer, who's a very conscious man, Billy Billy Woodmancy, who's another actual former Tough Talks guest, and mm -hmm. we were talking about you and the experience that I had, which is really learning you know, about my own um, learned bias and, and gender bias 
And, and, you know, as I was reading through all the chapters and all of your hundreds of just great you know, nuggets of golden advice for women, but, but not just for women, for the men too, I was learning how I, I participate in, in some of this shit and I don't realize it. So I just want to say humbly, thank you for helping raise my own consciousness to this, uh, to this being like, well, I don't know what, how, let me let you say the this. What is the this that I'm describing? Because your language is going to be way better than mine. The this, Chris. Thank you, by the way, for your allyship and your willingness to dig in and read and you know, read all the way to <laughs> chapter 11, which is I the study. unwritten rules for men. <laughs> right, so, which, which, we, which we have to finish with. Will do, yes. So the unwritten rules... Um, is all the stuff I wish I'd learned earlier in my career, right? So I have a extensive global corporate career and yeah, which sure do. You know, started really from my dad telling me that girls can do anything that boys can do. Mm-hmm. And then to be honest, finding it was not quite as straightforward as he, as he told me. Um, and that, you know, I'd struggled in places. There were places that I didn't, uh, anyway, and they, they all vary, but there were, there were certain things like, you know, getting visible and getting the mentors that I needed and balancing, you know, motherhood and work and the guilt that goes with that, um, that I wish I'd learned more, right? And I went on all the courses that the two really big companies that I worked for sent me on. And I just felt in the end, there was more that I still wish I'd known. So that was, that became the journey of, you know, how do I reach back and make it better for the women that are coming behind us and you know for many of our daughters you articulated um, that precisely in the book you said it was the last page before the first section two it says i finally broke through but it could have been easier which is why i've written the book that i needed to read back then yeah. you now which i thought was pretty yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh so, yeah the book and this just came out a few months ago a couple months ago yeah, end of yeah. last year. Yeah. December 2020. So the unwritten rules of women's leadership. Step into your power, write your own rules, and succeed in your career. Let's just jump right in. You know, I had to do, I didn't have to. I did something yesterday mm-hmm. that I've never done in the history of the Tough Talks podcast before, which is I reached out to the guest in advance to say, help. <laughs> because I couldn't <laughs> narrow it down. Look! <laughs> I've got pages of goddamn notes over here. I'm like, Jesus, what I'm telling you, are killing me. Like there's every, I was basically, I stopped using the highlighter because I'm like, it's just going to run out. So, so, I, and I'm not even kidding. You know, look, I mean, look at UCC. It's like all, it's all orange. So, wow, that's I, a lot of post it those, my love. Well, you know what that's a reflection of? Is that you're, I don't even know how many times did I have a thought, geez, how much effort and time and research did you put into this? Because like, what you've done is like when a chef reduces something and reduces and reduces and reduces that down to it's like neutron star density level, like power. That's what you did with it. You clearly, it's what you did with this book. There's no fluff in there. <laughs> it's well, it's supposed to be the unwritten rules. So I was trying to yeah. only write the things that were unwritten, that are like not so obvious. Yeah, and so. yeah, yeah, but, yeah right. And but there's no fluff. So it's all these, like, so, the whole book is just a book of practical help. It's like, yes. do this. I do a lot of say do this. this. Don't do this. Do this. Don't do yes. this. I did this. Yes. Don't do that. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially and don't do that. <laughs> and you're really sensitive to everyone involved. So it's a real, I mean, I couldn't recommend this. This book is not just for women, as I told you. This was like therapeutic for me. I had a conversation with my trainer this morning about it, like a deep conversation about like, what are we, what are we paying attention to? How are we promoting these things, these you know, inequity? And I tell, I shared with him so many amazing statistics that you've shared in here that blew my mind. Like, like the, um, the probability of promotion, right? Of getting a promotion. So if a man and a woman are being considered for a promotion and the man has, and both the man and the woman have accomplished A, B, and C, Right. Yes. Right. Men are promoted more on um, estimated potential. potential and women are promoted more on what the track record they've already proven. Yes. That's amazing. That's right. Yeah. That's so why there so are good. more Fortune 1500 CEOs called David than there are women of the, any name. Women of any name. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 2021. Are you angry about this? Um, determined. Uh, that's cool. That wasn't <laughs> determined. I I wasn't to... I just like, are you, you're determined. That's the energy. Determined yeah. to change it. Yeah. yeah. And, and remember, you know, I guess some women have it really much worse than I had it. Right. Ultimately, yes, I had bangs and bruises and I cried in the restroom, but yeah, there are women that have it even worse than I did. Right. And particularly if, you know, I'm a white, able-bodied, cis woman. So, you know, there are far worse stories than this. And my focus is really on forward, right? I can't change yeah, yeah. what has happened. Yeah, yeah. I succeeded. Yeah. And so how can we make it better? And how can we raise awareness and consciousness and, you know, help women maximize the career accelerators um, and navigate the decelerators? Because they're real, right? This is not really about fixing women, right? Some of this shit we can't control. Sorry, are we allowed to swear on your podcast? We, oh, we have asked that you. strongly here. <laughs> okay, although, although, as soon as I finished saying that, I re- <laughs> someone recently sent me this beautiful picture of his two young children having breakfast, watching an episode. And I thought, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, we'll keep it family friendly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I'm determined. Yeah, I'm just yeah. determined but, to change it, right? And change comes most effectively from the inside, and it's coming from the outside as well. But my focus is really on, you know, the best way of getting more women senior is to get more women senior. Yeah, you said that. Who did you write this to? Who are you speaking to as you sat down every day to write and write and write? To be honest, my clients, the women that are coming behind me, lots of them I coach one-on-one. So this is the same, you know, content that I use one-on-one. And also, I think, to my daughter, Ellie, who is 21, almost 21 now, and, you know, is now in the process of figuring out her career options and deciding what she wants to do. And, you know, I think it becomes really real then, right? I find, you know... I find for a lot of men, they start to wake up to how, what is their work environment like? I mean, one of my questions, this isn't it, in the uh, questions for men is, do you work for a company or do you work in a team that you'd want your daughter to work in? So I think as we get to that age where we have children that are coming into the workforce, it becomes just even more real. Um, so that's who I've read. Yeah. yeah. So, so women who are in leadership roles who, or who aspire mm. to be. So typically, Chris, 
typically in our 20s, um, we're all kind of thrown in the deep end in the swimming pool when we first start work. You know, the men and the women are all kind of thrashing around and we don't really know what we're doing and our feet aren't on the bottom and we're kind of, you know, bobbing around the surface somewhere. And so women in their 20s, you know, typically are not really my target audience. But then as you go through your 20s, as you start to come into your 30s, we, you know, at that point, sometimes for some women, they're like, oh, why did he get promoted? Right. And then you're taking on bigger projects. And by that stage, you're managing people. And, you know, maybe for some of them, they've started families. And the responsibilities are stacking up. You know, life starts to ask a lot of women in their, you know, mid 30s. And it becomes for me on my journey. And as I work with women of this age, it becomes at this stage that they're like, hang on a minute. What's happening here? You know, why are the men getting promoted and why are they the ones that are playing golf and why are they the ones that are going out for beers and why are they the ones that are invited out for dinner and you know and then they're also promoted and getting you know the opportunities and getting the visibility and giving the updates and and it really starts to work for them and at that point it becomes harder you know, and that's when you need these tools. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, so um, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking one of the tools that wouldn't be, or that would be very handy to start practicing at any age, is the negotiating uh, skill set, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that I found fascinating is is your recommendation on women being conscious of the need to negotiate differently, mm-hmm. uh, like a different, a uniquely different negotiation style than men this this is stuff that i would never think about which is why i was like man you're really opening up my eyes to an, another whole world of experience that as a privileged white man i have never needed to think about so what i find a lot chris is that it's not so much that we have a unique style that only works for women what happens is the range of styles that are available when you negotiate from you know not negotiating at all to you know aggressive, <laughs> yes. um, the styles that are acceptable for women that you know research shows works it, are narrower. So what happens is yeah. you know I talk quite a lot about in a lot of behaviors about the tight ropes that women walk, right? So the range of behaviors that I am allowed to exhibit at work compared to you. So let's take it out of negotiation, but just the emotions that we're allowed to express, right? Chris Doris, senior VP, loses his temper one day. Be, oh, Chris is upset today. Man, be careful. You know, he's, wow, you got to know your stuff. Like, figure it out. If I lose my temper, mm-hmm. then, wow, what a bitch. Wrong time of the month. You know, so it's not yeah, acceptable right, right, for right, me right. to express right. anger in the way that it is right. for you to. We, same with negotiation. have more mastery. Yes. It requires you to have more awareness yes. and mastery and tact, discipline, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. And even more so for women of color, right? The stereotypes, mm-hmm. as the stereotypes mm-hmm. get stronger, the tightrope gets narrower. Wow. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm t- so, you know, which is why I love this so much because you just, you, you don't, you, you just mentioned, okay, so here's the problem. Now, here's how I recommend you address that. Problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution. It's the whole thing. So it's fantastic. Now, 
what I was struggling with, of course, was reducing it. I was like thinking, well, this is a podcast. It's only about an hour long. I mean, I, what I really thought was, can you just read the whole freaking <laughs> book, please? Because that's what I want to have. Audible. Happen. Audible. I did. <laughs> yes. Good. Good. So it's available. Okay. And all that stuff will be in the show notes. It is. Uh, so, so, the, so when I was struggling and I reached out yesterday, what I asked you was, and I've never done this before, and that's a total compliment, is uh, just give me three. Like if you were only allowed for some weird cosmic reason, <laughs> share your wisdom and insights based on your experience in the corporate world with women. What are the three nuggets? And interestingly, I had narrowed it down to eight and, and the three you mentioned were in my eight. <laughs> so, so let's hit those, can we? Yeah. All right, good. So yeah. the first one is you, you entitled Getting or Get Visible. Get yes. visible. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Visibility yeah, is what's up so that? important. And I think it's particularly important to talk about now, now that we're all remote and, you know, we live in our, each other's lives through these tiny little squares, don't we? So <laughs> like right now. our ability or a large square, but, you know, if there's a team yeah. of us, 20 of us, then, you know, it's life in little squares. Um, so, and visibility, I think, is something that women don't do that well anyway. So, I'll give you an example. Somebody told me, I think probably 10 years too late in my career, Helen, you have to realize there's visible work and invisible work, and we only get judged on our visible work. And I thought, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I should have yeah, known that earlier. When you, when you first put right? that distinction. And, and so what women often do is, you know, if I ask an audience of women, think about the work that you do that's invisible, right? What happens is I get a whole yeah. room of, you know, eye rolls, like, oh, they have no idea, right? If you think about the work you do, the value that you add and the results that you deliver, right? Who doesn't know what's on that list of the people that, you know, the folks that should know that don't know it. So they say, you know, if I left, they'd have to replace me with two people. They have no idea. You know, they just think it happens like magic, but it's not really magic. It's a lot of hard work. And so and, and plus, women tend to assume uh -huh. that if they do good work, they will be noticed. And I want to make it really, really clear, like the game doesn't work like that. It is your responsibility to make your invisible work visible. Yeah, okay. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have a question there? Yes. Uh, let's pick up right on that, though. Let's, let's hold that get right back to it because I'm having a thought which is like as I'm hearing this from you I'm like I'm imagining that if I had if I was a woman and had to deal with this I'm like god damn it like what the fuck yeah something else on well, my to-do list like as if I don't yeah, have enough agreed. I gotta manage your yep. goddamn biases yep. <laughs> yep. So, so 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 that kind of reaction I'm pretty certain as a mental coach ain't gonna serve anybody so like, what's the advice as a coach, as a conscious coach that you give to women as they become, as they have those thoughts arising and like, Jesus, I got even more, what the, you know, how do you coach them to oh, masterfully deal with the facts that this is what's right. going on and it requires you to, um, to, be, to gracefully navigate the circumstances? So the pivot for me, Chris, because... The reason I used to be like, oh, I don't want to do that was because the thought of doing it was yucky, 
All right. Because mm-hmm. where that leads you mm-hmm. is, you know, you have to make your work visible, right? You have to self-promote. Mm-hmm. I, right. I never wanted to do that. That just feel, felt so inauthentic and yucky and just like something else to do. Right. So the pivot for me and the way I work with women is to say, look, I don't want you to think of it as self-promotion. Right. I want you to make a list of the people that need to know the stuff that they don't know. Right. And then your job is to educate them. That's such a huge, that's a huge distinction right there. Is this, right? It's about based with that, I'm like, oh, that's my job to just teach them. Like update them, tell them. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. That's okay. And that's right? and that's true. And that's actually true. That's not a, it's not like a workaround. Well, it's, not a, it's not a rose colored glasses or silver lining, you know, interpretation. That's like just legit. Like, like okay, by virtue of the way things are and have evolved, I need to educate him. Yes, them. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, you know, that's the way the game works. And that's how mm-hmm. you play the rules. Okay. And, you know, it's not your job, your boss's job to do that. It's, you have to do it. I don't rely on your boss because your boss is busy too, right? Male okay. or female. So what, are, what are some points you have? Like, what are some how? How? How do I make myself visible? How do I make- so, first of all, you make a list and decide, right, who will be in the room or consulted when your next role comes up, right? When your next move or promotion comes up, who'll be there, right? And typically people say, women say, oh, well, you know, my boss and HR, and I'll say, I don't believe that. Try again. (laughs) Who will be in the room or consulted? That list is likely between six and 10 people long. Oh, wow. Right, so there'll be other stakeholders. There'll be other people that are asked. Now, make your list of what they know and what they don't know. And then your job is to find time with those folks, right? And another really easy way for me to be able to do that was to ask for advice. So I'd say, hey, Chris, can we meet? I want to ask your advice on you know, the plans that I have and how they are going to work in your region, right? If you're a regional president. Wait, okay, well, gonna... yes, wait, so who are, you, who are you asking advice from? The people on your list, the people that need to that you be managed. The okay. Yeah. Yep. And then I sit and talk to you, give you an update, ask for your advice, let you know in general what is happening and what's happening in the world and what's happening in my world in terms of um, the results that you don't know. And then, you know, we then stay yeah. in touch and keep so you updated. Strategic educating and informing and, and, and learning on your part, as opposed to asking. Yes. yes. Right. Cause you're asking for advice and giving updates and building a relationship, right? Ultimately this is about relationship building, isn't it? Uh, um, I hope it is. Yeah. The other thing I say is that often women miss those, what I call micro encounters that have been drastically reduced by zoom. Right. So there are moments in corporate life when you're, I don't know, in an Uber, at the elevator, you know, you come into the meeting room and there's just you and a regional president there, right? And what women typically will do is they'll deflect. So you'll say to me, hey, Helen, how are you? And I'll go, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You know, beautiful day out there, isn't it? Right? Or, or, you know, talk about the kids or talk about something social. And what I say to women is don't miss those moments. It's not that you can't talk about the weather, but you know, the first thing I should say to you is great thanks. Hey, next month, we're coming to you. We're going to ask you for money. That project that we're working on, it's just come through the latest stage of research and we smashed it. 
So hmm. bring your checkbook <laughs> and, you know, and then we can go on and talk about wow, other stuff. those small encounters you know we who, get. Don't waste them. You know who that, you just reminded me of with that one? Oh, <laughs> Mr. Chandler. <laughs> Deep yeah. bow. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, right. A moment of silence for the Godfather coaching. Uh, you know, the, um, the most lucrative lesson that I ever learned from him, slowing down. You're, you're talking about it right now, is because you're saying, don't miss these, what did you call them? Micro opportunities? Micro encounters. Micro encounters. And, and if you, in order for you to capitalize on them all, you need to master slowing down then. Slow down. And, and, and like be in the inquiries. This is what I'm hearing from you. Totally correct me if I'm wrong. Is like be constantly in the inquiry. The next person I cross paths with, uh, how can I further develop relationship or, or, and, or inform them? I don't know. You tell me, what are the inquiries? Like if you're going to have inquiries open all the time, you're going to slow down to capitalize on these micro encounters. What are the questions that you want to have open so that you can have? How, how do I educate them? Yeah. Right? And if you're on my list, if I see you and Chris Doris is on my list of stakeholders yeah. and I have invisible work, yeah. right? Yeah. As we're walking into that room, oh, Chris is here. Excellent. What can I tell him? You know, this is so incredibly interesting to me because like you could hear this as like, wow, this is really manipulative. I'm not hearing it that way. I'm hearing this as like, this is just really strategic mastery. Hmm. I don't think it's manipulative. A manipulative is to get no. somebody to do something they don't want to do. Uh -huh. but these people genuinely don't know. So you're just helping them, helping them understand the value right. that you bring. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's and that's super skillful. That's great. Okay. Now, the second one, was there anything else that you wanted to say on that before, on getting visible before we move on? No. Okay. No, it's, uh... Okay. The second one was fascinating for me because I had never thought about this distinction before. And the distinction is between mentor and sponsor. Mm -hmm. I, I never heard that word. I'd never heard the word sponsor in this context before. You know, I don't work in the corp. Well, I work with the corporate world, but I'm not in the corporate world. And I um, have been so profoundly influenced in, in, in such a beautiful way by my late mentor, Jim Myers. And I always refer, refer, refer to him as my mentor, but after I read your book and specifically the distinction that you create between mentors and sponsors, he was not a mentor. No way. He was like the ultimate of sponsors. <laughs> so, I mean, the ultimate, the dude loved me unconditionally. He, he, it was a priority of his, to have me succeed. He would call me out aggressively and unapologetically and lovingly. You know, he created opportunity in business for me. He even hosted a my, the, the first book signing I ever had for my book, um, my first book, he hosted it. And not only did he host the damn book signing, he had, you know, he catered and had a band there. And before it started, gave me a freaking Mont Blanc pen and said, any respectable author has to have a good pen to sign with. So I, that, this is just Lovely. like, there's so many stories about this amazing human. And as I, as I read that, that distinction, I realized I, this was, I've had mentors, but that was a sponsor. Jim Myers was a sponsor. So, so can you help the audience understand, first of all, the distinction between mentors mm. and sponsors? And then like, why is that even in your book? Like what the importance mm. of having them? And I also loved that you said have three, 
so anyway, talk, bring it. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the difference. Okay, so fundamentally, the way I see the world, a mentor is someone who talks to you and mm. shares their journey. So they are someone who is, I describe as at least two steps ahead of you on the journey that you want to go on, right? That's cool. Two, at and, least two steps ahead of you. Yeah, right on. Yes. And because of that, right, they are a career accelerator, right? Because they've figured it out before. And so they, they can, you don't you know, know. They, they can tell Murray you. Murray Folio says, save you a lot of time. Right. They can save you time, right? And they can help you shortcut, help you do things better and really, really help you. But second level career accelerator is a sponsor because sponsors talk about you when you're not in the room. That's, that's, so the, that is, I highlight, I circled that. I don't know what page that's on, but I, I love that. They talk about you when you're not in the room. There's too so many they different. advocate it's useless. for you. It's useless to do this because then I can't find <laughs> anything. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's cool. I remember I, I circled um, to you about you. Right, yes. mentors talk to talk you to you about totally unbelievably valuable stuff. And you said second level is <clears throat> sponsors mm -hmm. talk about you, like they're yeah. one of your chambers of commerce. Hmm. And that's why they're second level accelerators. So right. that's the right. so that's important the difference. thing. That's the difference, right? Okay. So why it's in the book though hmm. is because. Typically, by human nature, and including me, <laughs> right? Typically, we mentor and sponsor, and we, you know, we look after and we care about the people that remind us of ourselves when we're young. Okay, got what? that? Did you like that? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I'm so ashamed. I must have missed that part because I'm like, can so, you repeat that, please? What that means that we typically mentor and sponsor, so we go back and help and are concerned with yeah. the people that remind us yeah. of ourselves makes, when we were younger. Makes perfect sense, yeah, that's right? Which is exactly what I'm doing, right? Women in corporate life, yep. right? Yep. So what that means, though, as a woman in corporate life, joining a company where all the senior folks are men, right? or as a person of color joining a company where all the senior folks are white, right? It means that we are not going to get asked. Oh. And so, you know, you need, mentors are useful. That's a written rule, right? That's not an unwritten rule. I knew that. Right, right, right. The unwritten part of it for me on my journey was I didn't know how to ask. Uh -huh. and, and what I say in the book is, also, you know, I was in my 20s, I was blonde, I had big boobs. I don't think they knew how to ask either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how do we ask? How do women ask? So how does, like, the approach, I think, is to think really carefully about what the journeys are ahead of you in your career, right? So if mentors are two steps ahead of you on a journey, what journey? Right? Do you want to be senior in finance? Do you want to work in international? Are you a working mum? You know, do you want to switch careers? Do you want to become an entrepreneur? Right? What are those journeys? Again, write it down. Right? Get clear. What are the journeys ahead of you? For me, it was getting really senior in marketing, wanting to work abroad, and wanting to do that and travel with my kids and be a mum. So those were my three, and I say three, conceptually three, because, you know, we're busy. <laughs> um, 
So working out, getting clear what those pathways are and then saying to yourself, okay, who can help me? Right? Who's two steps ahead of me on this journey? And then going to ask them. And the ask is really important, right? Chris, I really admire how you've written so many books and you've built this amazing platform. I'd love your advice on that because I'm looking to build a platform for the unwritten rules of women's leadership. Could you spare me a few minutes and can we have a Zoom coffee and talk about that? I'd love your advice, please. So would you advise someone to, okay, so that's an example of the do this. Um, would Thank the you. following be an example of the don't do this? Hi, could you be my mentor? Yes. Yes, that would be don't do? That would be don't do that, would it? I mean, to be honest, Why? unless you already down, have, unless you already have um, a deep personal relationship with that gotcha, person gotcha, already. Right, and right. even then, to be honest, would you be my mentor for what? It's kind of weird, right? So mentor for what? Like if I knew you really well, I'm like, hey, Chris, I need some mentorship on you know, writing books. Can you help me out? And you'd, you'd probably say yes. But again, right, the right. clearer and the cleaner you can make it, the easier it is for them to say yes. Okay, then how does, how does someone get a sponsor? Or does a mentor <laughs> evolve into a sponsor? Okay, so key principle, people support what they help to build psychologically, right? People, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, that's good, yeah, 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 got it. Which is why you can get kids to eat vegetables in their food if they've helped to cook the dinner <laughs> and they've ah. chopped vegetables. <laughs> Okay, so that is subconscious. So the sponsor, the source of sponsors, right, is somewhat different, right? When a sponsor talks about you in, when you're not in the room, when they advocate for you, they're in a way risking part of their brand equity to say, you know, I think Chris would be great for this conference keynote, right? If you show up and you're not great, they look bad, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, you know, they're taking a risk, you know, like there's a job in international, right? We need a marketing director for the Middle East. Helen would be great for that. Somebody did that for me, but they have to really know you. They have to trust you. So yeah. I think you don't ask for sponsorship. You yeah, earn you, it. Yeah, You earn it, right? Really and so yeah. sources of sponsors are usually ex-bosses, ex-senior folks that know you really well. And again, if you've been, you know, making your visible work, invisible work visible and building those relationships and, you know, getting advice and giving them updates, then they will know you. And they you know, inevitably they're going to say at some point, you know, what do you want to do? What's your next role, Helen? And I say, I'd really like to work abroad. I'd like to run a region, right? Then they're in some talent review somewhere else and, you know, who's going to run the Middle East? Who's going to be marketing director for the Middle East? Oh, I think, Helen, is she on the list? Oh, no, she's not. Let's talk to Helen. I know she wants to do that. That is earned. So it's ex-bosses, other senior folks that you've built a relationship with, and mentors. So mentors are a potential source of sponsors. But remember, not all mentors have to be in your company. Right. So sometimes they're not right, especially if you're you know, wanting a career change. But I'll tell you a great, a true story, though, of the impact of having a mentor. I have a, 
uh, a client that I was working with and I said to her, um, who are your mentors? And she said, I don't know. I mean, she was young, Latina, enormously talented. And uh, she said, I don't know. So we did that exercise and she wanted to be senior in media. So she went and asked exactly like I've just described a senior guy in the media organization that she worked for if he would mentor her had the discussion about whatever aspects she wanted advice on. And then he said to her at the end, um, what job grade are you? She told him. And he said, how much are you paid? And she told him. And he said, you're underpaid. <laughs> Go and talk to HR and tell them that you want a pay rise. Tell them that you want to be at at least the mean, given your performance reviews, of that pay grade. So she said, uh, okay. <laughs> and she went and literally repeated what he told her. She got a $30,000 pay raise true story wow wow that's amazing so and very they believable really are, oh they yeah they really are I, career accelerators no i mean i can give you know i can give testimonial to that i would i never want to be without a mentor you know uh I, right. one of the, my very first mentor taught me as a teenager to always have mentorship and, right. and you're the kind of guy though that gets asked Say more about that. Because you're white, you're handsome, you're outgoing, you're sporty. Like you probably remind a lot of senior guys of them when they were younger. I actually, yeah, I, I, I would never challenge that. At, well, especially the handsome <laughs> part. Um, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, mean, I talk about Jim Myers as my mentor, and I'll refer to him as my sponsor now, moving forward. Um, and I, I do believe, and I hope that there's value in this piece for anyone in the audience listening or watching, that I take some credit for co-creating that because I remember distinctly being, when I was starting my practice since like 26 years ago, uh, I didn't have any clients. I was confused and scared. And I didn't have any leaders. I didn't have any mentors. I'd moved away from where I grew up. I didn't know anybody out here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So I had no mentorship whatsoever. And I said, I want that. And I made a declaration that I will create that. Great. And I went out into the world and I let people know that that, that, that is what I'm, you know, what are you up to? What are you, I'm creating a mentor. And, and I had clarity on who I wanted that to be. And sure enough, he showed up. Fantastic. Yes. Now, yeah. so, I mean, you had to do it too. And, you know, asking for advice, I hope you didn't show up on the first day and say, can you be my mentor? But, you know, can you give no, me I advice? No, I didn't. Breakfast, so it was that kind of guy. So the guy who I was at a, I was at a networking meeting, it was a really cool high-end networking event here in, in, uh, in Arizona called the Enterprise Network. And talking to a dude, you know, PhD guy in psych. So I'm like, hey, what's up? And um, he was asking me, he took real interest in what I was saying. So maybe that's the part where it's like, he was like, he was seeing the little mm-hmm. him and me. And he said, well, let's go, let's go play golf. <laughs> that's, when, that's when he, <laughs> there you go. because I, I told him I work with golfers. I want to work, I want to train golfers minds. And he goes, well, I play golf. And he said, let's go play. And then that's when he got to know me. And, so I, and I told him, I, I really need a mentor. And he said, well, I know, I know the perfect guy for you. And he arranged a breakfast meeting and we hit it off instantly. And the, the, the point though, is really the bigger, the biggest point though, of this tiny little vignette is, is the unbelievable value I like, I don't want to think about what my life would have been like without that 
mentor sponsorship. And the other thing I talk to women about though, Chris, is like, I think for so many of us, when we benefit from this, I think something to reflect on is who can you help? Who can you mentor and who can you sponsor? Who are you two steps ahead of? Right? I'm a big proponent of sisterhood and of helping other women rise, as, you know, lifting other women as you rise. Mm-hmm. And so who are you two steps ahead of? Who are you taking notice of? If you made a list of who is on your list, right, could you make it broader? Right? Could you mentor women? Could you mentor people of color? Right? Mentor people that maybe don't look you know, really like you when you were young. Um, and just bring mindfulness to it to oh, help others. That's beautiful. And there's such reward in that. Yeah, isn't there? I mean, really, Those are sure. at the end of it, that will be part of our legacy, won't it? Right, right. And that is deeply meaningful. <laughs> the first thing that I noticed about your book that grabbed my attention, rather, was in reading through the table of contents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just says opening the table of contents. <laughs> and the first thing that I noticed, you can't tell because it's not, because there's other stuff that I highlighted later, but it was the first thing that I highlighted. It's at the very bottom of the table of contents. Leaky language. Leaky Avoid language. Using leaky language. Leaky language. And I said, oh, I totally want to know what, I think I might know what you mean by that. And I kind of knew. Now I know. Can you have everybody else know, please? <laughs> Leaky language is the language that we use that gives away our power, that mm. leaks away our power. And it's things like just, could I just? Right? Things like, could I possibly? Things like, it's probably not a great idea, but. Yeah, that, that, yes, let's slow this part down. Yeah, right. Like, what would inspire someone? Let's get into the psychology of this. What would inspire someone? See that there it is right here. It's like, it may not be a good idea, but there's a second mm-hmm. right there, mm-hmm. right? Like it says, but well, let's, let's sorry is another big one. Sorry to suggest yeah, 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 yeah. this. Yeah, let's get to that. Sorry to interrupt. I definitely, I definitely want to talk about this, the whole sorry thing. But mm-hmm. um, like, what would inspire someone, even if it seems obvious here in the context of this conversation, to preface an idea or comment with that leak, with that power leak preface sentence? That they're caretaking the other person and wanting to dilute it so it doesn't show up as too much of a challenge. And it, some of that as well is the, the kind of good girl stereotype and wanting to walk that tightrope of, you know, behaviorally acceptable right. language that doesn't you know, push your buttons. And the paradox is <laughs> yeah. you're, you're using that language thinking it's serving you. And when in fact, and it's not. not at all. Okay, so, all right, so what are some more examples? I just want to, just, sorry, let's talk about the sorry, sorry, prefacing a comment with sorry. Yeah, look for it now, right? There's a great, actually, there's a great Pantene commercial, which is called Sorry, and it just shows so many examples of how women say sorry. You say sorry for things that are, like, not their fault, Mm. right? Sorry to interrupt, sorry I'm late, sorry to suggest this, 
all of it, sorry to take your time. Like, and fine, you know, as I say in the book, if you knock into someone and spill their coffee all over them, I'm not saying you can't right, ever right. apologize, right? Apologies have absolutely have their place. But I think just bring mindfulness to it um, in what you write and in what you say. And maybe get a buddy to watch you and listen to you because you'll be amazed how much we overuse them. And I say to women, next time you write an email and you write just a quick note and you catch yourself typing J-U-S-T, I want you to go backspace, 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 backspace. Get rid of it. The yeah. sentence is yeah. whole and complete without mm. it. Mm. Right? Mm. Writing you a note. Mm, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, how did you become conscious of your use of that kind of uh, leaky language? Oh, I guess that I heard it in other women. Mm, and you're like, Ugh. oh, don't, 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 don't give it. up your space, right? right? Right. The way we sit, the way we speak, you know, just come on, own it. Yeah. You're here for a reason, right? You're here because you're the expert. You're here yeah. because, you know, you right. probably the, know the, more the on this subject than the senior leader that you're talking to. And right? the thing world that this company needs you to be is apologetic for your brilliance. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Don't that, hide your light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, is it cool with you if I read the 11 questions? Mm, sure. We don't need to get into them, um, but I think there's, there's value because I reflected on each of them and there was great value for me as a man so the um oh it's actually it'll be easier for me to read it in the um in the table of contents i really love the way you organize this so your afterward is questions for men who want to help that was, not, that was i think that was also strategic because it wasn't like questions men you guys need to ask your freaking selves although it could have been and I'm just going to read. I think, to be honest, if they're reading this book, mm. then the likelihood is they do want to help. Yeah, <laughs> the likelihood the is they're not actually part <laughs> right. of the problem. Yeah, I don't but... think so. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty damn safe assumption. Uh, do you unintentionally make inappropriate comments? Uh, so what I'm doing right now is I'm just going to read these and make a pause. I'm speaking to the men who are listening and are watching this. Because I, I want you to have the same, at least part of the same experience that I had when I first, when I read the book. Are you a leader you'd want your daughter to work for? Yes. Okay. And if not, why not? Why not? Oof, let's just pause on that. Man, that's, oh, wow. Like, this is like, humble down. You don't have to say anything out loud to anybody, but get clean with it and then do something about it do you listen carefully just for a second um somebody that doesn't probably won't know that that men interrupt twice as often as women and three quarters of the time they interrupt women it's amazing three how much three quarters of the time men interrupt they interrupt women how many times did I interrupt you today? This freaking. <laughs> <laughs> but again, bringing awareness to it, right? Yep. 
and catching other men. We'll come to it, the complicit in a minute. Catching other men do it. Let her finish. Mm. Mm. Right on. Do you hold women to a different standard? Yes. There's a great example in here of um, Heidi Rosen and Howard Rosen showing two groups of people the same resume, exactly the same resume, and how both were viewed as equally competent and Howard was considered likable and Heidi was considered selfish and the type of person you wouldn't want to hire or work for. Same resume. That's, a, that's, that's the unconscious bias. Wow. So again, and, you know, especially in a talent discussion, well, you know, she's aggressive or I, I sometimes say to leaders, listen to what was just said and say, would you say that? If instead of you were talking about Helen, would you say it if you were talking about Harry? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Would you say that? Mm. So that's holding them to a different standard. What standards do you hold other men to? Yes. And so it is so much more effective when men stand up to other men, right? So I say, mm. like, don't be complicit. Right. Say things like let her finish. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. not cool. Right. That's right. sexist. Right. 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 Speak up. Right. Be an ally. Right on. Do you mansplain? I had to Google <laughs> that word. Really? Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm behind the times. I'm a little slow on the uptake. Right. Um, so men explaining the blindingly obvious to women that are much more qualified than and that. that Okay, and that, that's, that's, that is the definition of it, as, as a man thinking they're explaining something to a woman that's painfully obvious already to them because of the assumption the man is making, which is that she wouldn't know this. Yeah, it so I say in the book, I've had finance managers explain marketing to me when I was the global vice president of marketing. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Will hashtag me too stop men from helping women? That's an interesting question. And the research shows that to some extent it has. Like they are paranoid. Yeah, that's right. They're more careful. And so, you know, what I say is like, please don't because your help makes an enormous difference. But obviously, do it in a clean and healthy way. Who do you mentor? Who do you sponsor? We talked about those. That, Finally, yeah, we talked about that. are you amplifying women's voices? I wanted to show you something. This just came up. Is you know how Facebook shows you memories? Mm -hmm. Just came up the other day. Oh, that was such a great dinner. Route 57 in New York. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, that's a heck of a tribe right there. That is some awesome people. Yeah, that was that's my favorite. Including Devin. Yes, Devin's right there. That's right. Wearing a goat shirt, the greatest of all time. He switched shirts. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Lovely. All right. So, uh, Helen, you're an absolute powerhouse. I love that that I got to um, share you with the Talk Talks tribe, and I would love for you to answer this last question, which is, how can women work with you? So um, in a number of different ways. So at, you know, right now and right here, right now, they can tune into the podcast, The Unwritten Rules of Women's Leadership. They can buy my book on Amazon or Audible. Um, 
or wherever you buy um, audiobooks. And um, then I'm launching, actually, I just recorded it. I just um, am about to launch the Unwritten Rules of Women's Leadership as a course, so a six month course delivered on video with group coaching, um, which is all the stuff that I you know, work with my one-on-one clients, um, but delivered uh, in a group setting in, and therefore <laughs> much more affordable. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's all on the website. And then, you know, I do coach one-on-one, but I, uh, I don't have many slots. <laughs> on the, wait, what was that last part? I coach one-on-one as well yes. for executive women, but I really don't have many no, slots. Of course. <laughs> How could you? So, um, you said it's all on the website. Can you, so for those who don't end up reading the show notes, can you tell them the website? Yes. www.theunwrittenrules.com. And that's where they can find out all the information about the course, right. which, so we're, we're recording. I think by the time that this interview goes live, I, I'm thinking your course might be available. Do you know, do you have an idea of when your course is available? April. We're going to be yeah. starting and having it available from April. The beginning of April, uh, probably middle to end, actually. So, so, so this is so we're recording this in mid March, and this will probably go live right around mid April. So this is great timing, mm-hmm. perfect. And I'll include all those details in in the show notes. Fantastic. This has been a blast, and, and a really uh, like a profound educational experience for me. This is a m- way to go, my friend. Thank you, way Thank to you. go. <laughs> And thank you so much for your time and your wisdom today. And I can't wait to see you live next time I come down to South Carolina. Or New York. <laughs> or New York. Yeah. Oh, I, both. I still got my apartment in New York. Do you so, really? Yeah. yeah. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> right on. That's beautiful. All right. Cool. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, I wanted to clarify something that I didn't, I don't think I articulated it correctly at the very end of the interview. Uh, regardless of whether or not her course has launched by the time this uh, interview goes live, you can still sign up for the course. I think that when this goes live, it's going to like coincide almost like perfectly with her course opening or launch, but you don't need to wait for that. So whenever you're seeing this, uh, you can go to the website, which is theunwrittenrules.com, theunwrittenrules.com or unwrittenrules.com backslash course or you just go to unwrittenrules.com and you'll see that the course is one of the tabs and you can you can learn all about lots of detail what's included and um and you can sign up for it there she's a hell of a powerhouse isn't she you know i I knew it as soon as i met her met her years ago uh in one of steve chandler's coaching schools and um of course instantly you know how do you not fall in love with her such a sweetheart and a brilliant uh wizard so this book is just so incredible. I, I really do you know, encourage you strongly to get, again, it's also entitled The Unwritten Rules of Women's Leadership. So like, you know, I sat down to prepare. I didn't think that I was going to get that absorbed. But um, it's just like so many nuggets of value. So um, check it out. Check her out. Follow her up. I put all of her uh, links and social um, links in the, in the show notes. So... Thanks again for tuning in. And again, if you're digging it, uh, please share it. You know, I want to grow the tribe, the Tough Talks tribe. It's part of my, it's, it is my legacy really, is my content. And this is one of the forms of that. So it really would mean the world to me if 
you know, if you would like and share or, or create a, a review or give it a rating. Thanks so much. All right. Until next time, create miracles.